Hello and welcome to Flowing Backwards. It's a podcast by me, Phil Peake, and the other man who's in Mosley, Ian Four Candles Moss. Now, this episode is part two of episode eight, and it's steps and missteps, and it's all about the hamsters. Ah! We've finally got round to the hamsters. It'll keep some of you happy. It's quite funny, really. Um, Some of the anecdotes and little things that Ian goes on about will make you laugh. So sit back and enjoy. I saw x-ray specs on opium. Day glow, but scuzzy tinged. There was much nodding out as I heard. Polystyrene sing, X-ray specs on opium, X-ray specs on opium. I had an interesting time in that room. I retreated into the womb. I saw the Ramones on Chewinol mixed with dope and drink. It didn't slow down the brother's sound, no matter what you might think. I saw the Ramones on Chewinol, the Ramones on Chewinol, and I smashed myself against the wall, uh, but I hardly noticed at all. Drugs and music, drugs and music. They have a long relationship. Drugs and music, drugs and music are joined at the hip. This is not glorification, nor is it an apology. It's just a summarization of the way things were with me. Be it Mott the Hoople or be it Bloodwin Pegged, the act of getting loaded was essential to the gig. There was no defining moment, but gradually it stopped. Come downs became a price too high for every pill I dropped. Now I'm as straight as straight can get, but my passion is undimmed. There's still euphoria in music that I am discovering. I saw a burning spear on amphetamine speeding off my box. He was skanking high and mighty while the rhythm rocked. Burning spear on amphetamine, burning spear on amphetamine. I chewed on dexedrine as I waved the gold and green. I viewed northern soul days through an acid haze, spectacular and surreal. I never got bored of the sprung dance floor in the Ritz. I loved its feel. Northern soul hallucinations, northern soul hallucinations, making patterns in the chalk. The genie was uncorked. Drugs and music, drugs and music, a long-term relationship. Drugs and music, drugs and music are joined at the hip. That was um, today's poem. I didn't do you an intro. I just went straight into a poem because I think this is a fairly long thing. I want to do this chunk about um, me forming my first proper band, The Hamsters, and get it all out of the way in uh, in one go. And there's quite a lot to go at. And, you know, I could I could be here telling you lots of ridiculous anecdotes, the very true anecdotes, um, that would have you splitting your sides on the floor. But um, there's a sort of serious undercurrent to it as well. So anyway, here we go. Um, I'm actually uh, kind of beaten to the punch in forming a band. My brother forms a band with his friend Mick Hucknall and um, our mutual friend Mark Reader, who we've mentioned before, and they're going to call themselves Elevation um, after the television song. My brother loved television. Um, I suggest it sounds a bit 
old hat and 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 elevators um sounds better um you know like the 13th floor elevators and you know it just sounds a bit bit more edgy so they become the frantic elevators and um pretty soon they're uh, they're going and they play their first gig at uh, rafters through through mark's um talent for um meeting people and what, what do they call it? networking and they play with bethnal if you anybody remembers bethnal who are a violin based sort of a rock punk thing i saw them once with hawkwind they weren't very good if truth be told they used to play uh, won't get fooled again by the who or barbara o'reilly it might have been um so my brother forms a band my friend steve mardy who had been in the uh, band with no name in the sort of early 70s with um joins or forms a band called the hoax who are absolutely fucking awful uh, ridiculous um they're they're kind of too late they, they pretend punks they've got all the clothes and all that and they're they're hopeless they have the audacity to print a lyric booklet that they give out at their gigs and of course they have a huge backdrop um so what were some of the gems in the lyric booklet uh, like a stormtrooper shall i torture her was one um and the other my favorite one was um we are locked out of society because we want to be and we don't care they were absolutely crap um Mike Joyce actually joined them uh, in his pre-Smith days. So they, they, you know, they, I mean, they were they were musicians. But we used to we used to tease them and bully them a little bit, and and once made the guitar player cry in all these big tough punk rock outfits. It was just sort of weird. Um, so they they've done they they've got going. It's it's ridiculous, really. Um, that that I've done nothing, uh, although. Um, on the back of the frantic elevators um, starting and, and soon building up um, quite a, a, a reputation as being, being a good band. Um, they, they play a, a gig in where they rehearse, which was a place called Broomstairs Working Men's Club in Denton. And they have uh, some other bands from the scene playing with them. And uh, Bobby and I, because Steve is out of the picture, um, rehearse a version of Woolly Bully uh, by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs with very indistinguishable lyrics. So we made our own up, which were ludicrous. And um, we, we went along and said, we want to play. And we borrowed the Frantic Elevator's rhythm section, which was Mark Reader yet again, and a guy called Steve Tansley at the time on, on the drums. And um, and we played our version of Woolly Bully. And then we uh, played uh, a sort of improv piece that we called You, which was me just intoning the word you in many different ways. You know, you, 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 and so on. Um, and we went down surprisingly well. Mick Hucknall came running over to me afterwards and hugged me and told me, you've got to do it, man. You've got to get going because you're so good. 
anyway, um, we didn't for the time being. Uh, but eventually, we were, we were, it, it, we've got to early 1979 before we actually do it. And uh, we're in a pub called the Victoria uh, on Hyde Road in Gorton, right opposite Bellevue. We're in there because we're going to um, see Public Image on their first trip into our nether regions. Uh, not that we have tickets, but that, that doesn't really matter. We're going to go and see them. Um, so we're in the pub, you, you know, spending our money wisely rather than on, on a piece of paper to go and watch a band, spending it on beer. And finally, the three of us are together and, and one of us says, isn't it time that we formed a band? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what are you going to do? I'll sing. Bobby will play guitar because he can play two chords. He's, he owns an acoustic guitar. Steve, therefore, needs to drum. Uh, he's never drummed in his life, but that doesn't matter. What are we going to be called? The question is floated. And immediately, um, I say, I suggest the hamsters uh, because it's disarming. It doesn't sound macho. You know, it's 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 nice, isn't it? Hamsters. Everybody likes hamsters. So we so we agree. We're going to be called the hamsters, and then um, we get climb into Bellevue, um, and then climb through a window into the King's Hall in Bellevue, and um, we watch Public Image. Anyway. Great as that is, I'm not going to go on about that. We, we then uh, go leave and across the road from Bellevue is the Mayflower Club, which had formerly been Stone Ground, which again we've talked about. Uh, and I'm very familiar with the Mayflower Club. I've, um, I've DJed there the year before when Wilco Johnson has played, uh, joined by Lemmy from Motorhead, no less, uh, for, for the encore. Um, so anyway... The UK subs who we do not like or approve of are playing at the Mayflower Club. And um, we prize open a fire door and squeeze in and the UK subs come on and we uh, ridicule them loudly. There's only about 30 people in the place. And we, we, you know, we call them dicks and wankers and cunts and tell them to fuck off. And um, because that's the sort of people we were, we weren't very nice people in that sense, but even though it was true. Um, and at the end of their performance, as, as people skulk off, the uh, proprietess of the Mayflower, um, Pam, comes over. Pam runs the club on behalf of her husband, who's a guy called Rudy Clemens, who is... One of the main figures in Moss Side, Rudy runs the Reno and, and the Nile and the Hot Pot, and he's bought this club. And Pam explains uh, that she had seen us sneak in, and rather than throw us out and have no profit, she was quite happy for us to be in there and spend some money on, on the bar. She was also quite taken with our dismissal of the band because she thought they were awful as well. And she explained that um, they'd cost a fortune. And every time that she booked a band through this agency, it cost a fortune and nobody came to see them. If I knew so much, she said, 
what could I do about it? So I said, well, you could book us. We'll play next week. So the hamsters, who are a couple of hours old and have never played together, have no songs, and the drummer has never even sat behind a drum kit, um, have got their first gig at the Mayflower. So the next day, we gather at Stephen's flat. Bobby has his acoustic guitar. Uh, Stephen has a cardboard box. And we write, um, I think, probably about six or seven songs. I'm, I'm, I actually am, am the writer, the full writer at, at that point. And then um, I suggest there's a local band called Abdominal Pain who are playing a gig at a youth club in Denton. So I suggest that now we've got these songs, we should go and practice them by playing a gig. So we turn up unannounced and unwelcome and demand that we can play and they don't really want us to, but we promise they can play at the Mayflower at a proper venue with a proper PA, etc. the week after, if we can play. Um, still, it's insisted upon that we um, audition to see if we're good enough um which suited us fine because it meant steve got to go on some drums which he'd never never had so we audition and uh, and we passed the audition and and then it comes to the performance and uh my brother turns up and plays bass uh for us and and we, we're playing our songs and immediately the, the kids in the audience who've read how they should behave uh, start spitting at us um Stephen stands up from behind the drums and uh admonishes them and and um says repeatedly to them what twat spat what twat spat which they take up and then he gets back on his drums and we turn it into a huge sing-along with perhaps 200 kids and ourselves uh, making a racket and all screaming in unison, what twat spat, what twat spat. Um, the powers that be who control the event uh, are in a complete panic at this, um, fearing for the morals of, of the children in their care, and phone the police. And so the hamster's first ever performance is stopped by the police, and it won't be for the last time. Um, so. Um, a week later, we're at the Mayflower. We've got um, the Frantic Elevators playing and Abdominal Pain, as we've agreed. The Frantic Elevators also fetch a couple of bands over from Liverpool who they played with at Eric's. So we've got five bands for the princely sum of 75p. And rather than the 30 people who have turned up to watch the UK subs the week before, we've got about 120 people in. Uh, a success. And Pam, He's absolutely delighted and um, she basically takes us under her wing and she says, you can play whenever you wish to. Um, so we do play a couple of times over the next month or so. We play with uh, a group called Foreign Press who were like Joy Division's apprentices and, um, and we, we meet Peter Hook and, and, and chat. And we play with a band called Armed Force, who we would go on to play with uh, quite a lot. And they're managed by uh, a fellow called Rob Crane. Uh, 
Anyway, in the aftermath of the gig with Armed Force, Rob Crane and uh, fanzine um, editor Andy Zero, who runs City Fun, which is the the glue that holds the whole of the Manchester scene together, it is the must-buy thing, um, have approached Pam about running a night at the Mayflower and they will rebrand the club as the Fun House and their opening uh, salvo, their opening gig, will be an all-day festival called Stuff the Superstars. As we are in situ, for our fourth ever gig, we are invited to play at Stuff the Superstars alongside The Fall, The Distractions, John the Postman, The Frantic Elevators, The Liggers, Ludus and Joy Division, etc. Um, quite a leap in in you know in a, in a few weeks um so it was interesting so let's play some music and then i'll talk to you a little bit about stuff the superstars so we will play my brother's band being as they came first uh this is the frantic elevators hunchback of notre dame <laughs> superstars and we enter the building and it's all busy there's lots of bands there's this huge rig and we're invited to sound check uh, which we decline because we're um we're very worried that by sound checking we will be discovered to, to be uh the frauds that we uh we feel we are we're not musicians what if, what if they hear us and say you can't play so we decline to sound check and do uh, what comes natural to us we go to the pub and so so we have an hour or so in the pub we're drinking um and i remember we had a couple of um, large large whiskies to to uh, calm what nerves there were 
Um, and then Stephen and I stepped out and walked towards the Mayflower. As as we as we look at the Mayflower, there is a queue right around the block. There are hundreds and hundreds of people there. I mean, we've we can't play. The most we've played to is about 120 people, and the place is is absolutely packed. I look at Stephen, he looks at me, and immediately projectile vomits the drink that we've just got. His, his nerves are completely shot. And uh, we enter the Mayflower. Um, there's um, some skinhead sort of characters up from London who, who immediately come to, come to me. This is how the Tom Toms worked in those days. It was very strange. Um, they, they come to me and they say, we've come up from London specifically to watch you, the hamsters. We hear that you are the Northern Sham 69. <laughs> no, 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 I protest. I think your journey may well be wasted because we think Sham 69 are fucking rubbish and we are nothing like them. Um, a words to that effect. Anyway, um, the event kicks off and we are second on the uh, the building and we play uh, we've got Robert Stevens brother on the base at this stage and he leaps around in sort of Pete Townsend style looking faintly ridiculous I'm, I'm sure but a visual foil nonetheless and quite funny um, and we're rapturously received absolutely rapturously received People are stunned that we're as good as we are. It's um, it's a it's a very strange and humbling feeling, um, and I'm full of adrenaline, full, full, full of adrenaline. And um, the day goes on. It's a blur. Lots of drinking. Lots of and and all through the first half of the show, no nobody gets a reaction. Uh, comparable to the reaction we've had. Um, Joy Division plays some, somewhere around seven o'clock um, and it's just as um, Unknown Pleasures is, is either released the week before or the week after or something. And I've seen Joy Division countless times and they've mostly been poor, truth be told, uh, but something has happened and they take the roof off the building. There is so much controlled power, something magnificent about them. Um, so the, the day goes on and, and it's great and it becomes a, um, a part of Manchester folklore, I suppose, this gig. Um, and they are, the Hamsters have somehow arrived. Um, so would you like to hear the hamsters? This is what we sounded like. Um, this was sort of a autobiographical song and it's called Social Drinking. This way. One, two, three, four.
social drinking habits will make you a man School leaving age, no time to understand Every kind of alcohol, every different soul Sold to me without a second thought Didn't like the taste but it made me shout I had to be in the wouldn't be that out The discos, parties or weddings First in the pub, need a good time Immature stupidity, double vodka, no line But I am a man who can drink well pints I can make conversations instead of fights of the wave we've soon got a small but devoted um following which is which is weird um lots of other bands don't like us um because we're nasty to them we're a bit too honest for them one one of the first songs that we ever wrote was a song called maggots which was about um the what we thought of the local manchester scene and the bands in it and and that went and and so you're getting another another spoken word interlude that went maggots in a cat's belly flies around the dog shit one billion lemmings buying selling writing songs or wanting hits i'm not going to buy it you can't make me buy it don't give me your hard sell i'm not going to wear it um so we'd nailed our colours to the mass. We didn't like most of the bands. Um, 
who were around. There were exceptions. We, we all liked Magazine, uh, The Fall were an obvious exception, you know. And um, we, we just sort of went on and played and played, and there was lots of misadventures along the way. Uh, we, we got a reputation for violence and for disorder, and we were banned from lots of places. We were picketed by um, a, a woman's group because we had a song called I'm a Cunt, and um, they said we were demeaning women's bodies. As it was, they it was ended up quite amicable. Um, they came to see us in um, a pub called Mother Max, which was next door, to where we rehearsed and we sat down and discussed it and we explained our stance and um and they they listened to us and 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 agreed eventually that that we were not at all demeaning women we were not sexists and um indeed we played a benefit gig for um a pro-abortion thing that they were putting together a woman's right to choose and and so all that ended very amicably um which was strange for us. Most things didn't end amicably. Um, so there was a Mayflower. We also played at the Cypress Tavern uh, um, quite a lot. And weirdly, that was also run by a woman called called Pam, um, who liked us a lot. We were very fortunate in 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 uh, in how women tended not to be frightened of us. They didn't believe all of the bullshit and they took the trouble to get to the heart of the matter, uh, which was which was nice. Um, so that's how the, um, the hamsters were going along. Meanwhile, I have um, fled from my uh, flat with Robert, who I've come in one night and in... Um, huge letters he has painted the name of his current girlfriend who has just thrown him over and it's just too i just can't live with this maudlin self-pity all the time and so um i look for the opportunity to leave and another friend tony has um just moved into a house right next to uh, an animal byproducts factory smith's boneyards in hyde um known locally as uh, the area is known as the kingston stink uh, because it does stink wretchedly of death um anyway tony has moved into this house the rent is next to nothing um i'm out of work but with the money that i've got left i give tony six months rent in advance because the full rent is only one pound fifty per week for this flat um a week later tony and his girlfriend split up and both go back to their respective parents leaving me with this house with the rent paid but essentially penniless um and it's a shell of a house um there is no carpet in it, it's stone floored. I have no bed, I have no uh, mattress. I simply sleep on the floor upstairs. Um, there is an outside toilet and uh, as winter comes, the pipes freeze up and burst, which means the only time I can use a toilet is uh, when the pub opposite, opposite opens the white gates. 
because because it is such a shell try as i might it is noisy and i do try um i'm not particularly anti-social i'm well aware that uh, there's a young youngish woman next door with a young baby and the last thing i want to do is disturb them so i try but with a stone floor no furnishings any noise i make is amplified her husband or partner is um a serviceman he's a marine or, or something some kind of army personnel so so he's there intermittently and i never know when and and so what happens every time he returns home i get a knock on the door and without a word he uh, simply attacks me and when you're taken by surprise like that you know inevitably he knocks me onto the floor onto the stone floor and knocks 10 shades of shit out of me in a colloquialism of the time it is not nice Everywhere I go, I carry the stink of the uh, byproduct factory, which is embarrassing because there's no bath in there or anything. I can only have a bath by going to my parents a couple of times a week. So I'm out of work. Uh, I'm living in this hellhole. Um, I've fled from Robert, which doesn't work because um, it, when it, whenever he, he chooses that he wants to stay, um, he just kicks the door in, and and he's he's there. It's it's awful. It is absolutely awful. Um, so that was what I, what I was kind of living in, which again isn't doing much for me mental health and and stuff like that. It's just as well that uh, I have the group and the group goes on and on. Sort of part of the trouble around this time is um the rise of nazis and um the lumpen proletariat who have taken on punk uh, often have very strong right-wing sympathies um punk has morphed also into these sub-tribes where there is a sort of new mod movement and a new skinhead movement and and all this right-wing crap um surrounds itself there at one point there's a skinhead audience attaches themselves to the hamsters and they're vile and they're putting off people who would normally come and see us and and we have to deal with that how how we deal with that is we we turn up for a gig and i am dressed um in a pink uh frilly crop top blouse um very tight trousers and a wig with lipstick smeared across my face and from the stage we taunt um these people and antagonize them um until they attack the stage but of course we've got the advantage of being above them and we've got microphone stands and drums and we simply uh, fight back and and smash them to pieces basically uh, until they they leave en masse and leave forever en masse thankfully uh, there's lots of incidents like this there's um there's two guys called woody who are both racists who are both part of the scene one woody had been uh, in the worst and he's a sort of mod uh, revival 
a mod revival that hates black people when mod originally had been founded on black music. Uh, very bizarre. And we have, we clash with with him and his gang who come to uh, threaten to smash up our gigs. Um, they don't, thankfully. You can just do without it. But the other Woody um, is a guy from Bury, and he's he becomes a little more problematic. Um, I'm in the Cypress Tavern one night and he's sticking up these British movement um, stickers. British movement has supplanted the National Front. And as he sticks them up, I am running my fingers through them, taking them down. There's him, he and I in, in the toilets. And he says, don't do that. And I say, every time you do it, I will take it down. I'm not having this. And he tries to justify uh, putting these things up as politics. Of course, it's not politics. You know, racism is not politics. Racism is quite simply a hate crime. And if you start calling it politics, you're justifying these fucking lunatics. Um, so I'm not wearing it. And um, we have this standoff. And then he's with a large gang of people, of skinheads, of racist skinheads who come to see what's going on. So I find myself uh, surrounded by upwards of 20 British movement skinheads. Um, and Woody um, starts looking for a way out of this situation without losing faith. So he offers me his hand and says, we've both got our opinions, shake hands on it. So I spat in his hand. Um, and he simply wiped it down and offered it again. So I spat in his face. Um, it's, I think this is going to end up very violently and I'm going to hospital, but I, I'm right in his face. Mm. And if I'm going to hospital, I'm going to, I'm going to bite his face off. He's going to hospital too. And I think he can see that and sense that. And he's, um, he's very, very worried. Um, so I've not backed down to them. I'm boiling with anger and fear. Um, and, and what happens is bizarre. Woody says, right, let's go. And they turn on the heels and march out of the toilet and out of the club. I, can't, I emerge from the toilet and I'm absolutely shaking. My adrenaline's rushing, um, going through the roof. And there's a guy at, at the bar who's a... a who's also in skinhead attire, but isn't attached to these, and he's not racist, That which is why he's not attached to them. And he orders me a double brandy, and he says, get that down you, and get out of here before they realize what's happened. Um, so it's good advice, and I do that. And I always, I've got this mental picture that will carry forever because it's so ludicrous. I emerged from the Cypress Tavern, which is on Princess Street, and, um, and I walk up the road, and these skinheads are um, marching, not marching, they're goose-stepping up the road in file. Very strange people. Anyway, um, that was the sort of environment that we were in. Um, one of the great bands that we played with at the time didn't like a lot of the bands we played with but one great band who we played with and we played with them at the cypress tavern were a band called god's gift from salford 
Um, so I'm going to play you uh, a track by God's Gift. Nobody really liked them at the time, but they were fantastic. This is Discipline. Straight stop, 
the next thing to do, of course, when you're in a band, is to spread your wings and uh, find um, gigs to play outside your home environment. And uh, this happens for us due to um, a concert that takes place at the Mayflower, and it's uh, a free concert um, billed as the Weird Tales Tour. And it features um, bands who become important to, to me. It features bands uh, The Mob, The Androids of Mew, uh, Zounds, The Astronauts. Um, and then there's some local bands uh, who've popped up, in, including one, Danny and the Dressmakers, who were Graham Massey's band later in 808 State. Um, and it's sort of put together this thing from the remnants of here and now. Um, so it's this hippie punk hybrid. Um, and it's it's all the, the 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 main the main force behind it is a guy called Grant Showbiz. Um, and Grant has a, a studio in London called Street Level, along with uh, another another guy who's around at the time, Kif Kif, who's been a member of here and now, and who will later um, form one of the best bands of the 80s. Um, but that's further down the line. We will get to that. Um, and it's this amazingly creative and inclusive uh, environment and and I get talking to these people at this gig at the, at the Mayflower and I perform a uh, acapella little acapella set for them and they invite us to play some gigs with them and so we become um, sort of affiliated uh, members of this weird tales tour and uh, before long um, we're playing in London quite often with with these people and they become firm firm friends um it's really good i remember we played um a legalized cannabis um rally um at a basque separatist club on the harrow road called central iberico which was a strange place um as we as we went in in, in the afternoon to set up it was functioning as a cinema and it was showing a Basque film on bomb making. <laughs> um, it was, it, so, it's, so it's odd, it was very subversive and um, the toilets were simply the toilets of this house that was built into it. So every time you went to the toilet, you walked through these people's living room who were sat there watching television and went and used this toilet it was it's a strange club anyway we played i remember us playing this gig and it was um this legalized cannabis gig and it was um it was the first time we we played with um nick turner's in a city unit now and, and nick turner had been in hawkwind you know so it, it was very odd rubbing shoulders with somebody who uh, i'd previously seen on big stages also playing was um mark perry from ATVs, um, and he had a band called I think The Door and the Window at the time, you know, and, it, and it's a sort of good, good vibe. But of course, we spoiled it 
Um, we're waiting to go on following a door and a window and they start improvising their last song, which seems endless. Stephen, lacking any decorum or patience, rushes the stage, uh, punches Mark Perry, who's drumming, knocks him off the drums and takes over. So the beat alters completely. The other musicians loop round to see this maniac like animal from the Muppets on the drums and their drummer on the floor and put down their instruments and leave. So uh, the hamsters then play and uh, we were pretty shocking. We were we were very drunk. Um, anyway, those, those are the sort of uh, things happening. We put, I remember we played in Brighton as well with, uh, with the here and now uh sort of weird tales thing and that was an yet another nightmare um we traveled from the friday night and on the way to brighton i drank myself through a bottle of brandy so i was simply unconscious when we got there at some point in london on the way to brighton i'd um gone joyriding in in a, a milkman's milk float while he was up somebody's garden path and crashed it um, so it wasn't malicious, but we were so destructive and useless. Um, anyway, I slept all day in the back of, of, of our vehicle, a car. Um, and the rest of them went off around Kemp Town and got, um, got riotously drunk. Anyway, it came time for us to go to the University of Sussex, where we were due to play. And... Um, around the building are these beautiful gardens with streams which of course we couldn't resist pushing each other into so we're absolutely soaking we get into the venue and we're the first people there so soaking wet through we uh disrobe and hang our clothes on radiators and promptly fall asleep only to wake up a, a few hours later with um a discotheque and a room full of people all in full swing having a fine time with us in our underwear, uh, lay, lay amidst them. Um, late, later on, we get to play, but before us, there's um, the organiser. It's another legalised cannabis thing. And there's this um, hippie student um, going on about police brutality. And he's got this sort of ceremonial footlong spliff. And it's self-pitying and um, self-aggrandising. It's it's crap but again Stephen can't resist and he runs onto the stage and rugby tackles the fella um, sending him right over the edge of the stage could have killed him easily fortunately he didn't and again we played and again we were terrible but people didn't seem to notice people thought we were people thought we were great because we were so anarchic and we and we admittedly had good songs um it was, and that was what it was like being in, in the hamsters. It was, uh, it was odd. So anyway, anyway, these people became a great influence, uh, a good positive influence on us. And we were not, um, we didn't just have to play around Manchester. It opened doors of, um, of possibility for us and of friendship. And so I'll play you a, a track by one of the bands that we used to play on this tour with this is the androids of new uh, board housewives i am just gonna swipe it's not interesting my husband works from nine to five he's so possessed 
there's lots of internal strife now because Stephen has proved himself to be a very good lyricist and I have essentially ceded um, that role to him. I still help with the uh, arranging of the songs and I will insert choruses where he doesn't write choruses and I will edit because he sometimes writes too verbosely and too much. Um, so we're working as a unit, but there are tensions within us. There's one-upmanship and um, and a bit of bit of nastiness. And also we've we've constantly got the problem of bass players. We've, we we used to tell people that they simply exploded, um, but we went through a succession of bass players who were um, I'm quite ashamed to say they were probably bullied out of the band um, certainly on one occasion um a guy called cross-eyed steve who wasn't cross-eyed but we convinced him that he was um steve simply beat him up on stage and then threw all his equipment off the stage so so he went um uh and and then we had another bass player who who we called martin lettuce uh, his name wasn't lettuce we called him that because he was uh wet and green um, and we were horrible to to martin later on he became a terrifying figure because he became a, a getaway driver for a, a gang of armed robbers in cheatham hill um and then finally we ended up with a a, a young um transvestite called john who's still with me to this day and uh and i was horrible to him as well I remember I beat him up on on stage in in Leeds for the crime of um, not playing with a plectrum after I'd insisted that he play with a plectrum, playing with his fingers was like a hippie. Um, so, and I'm and I, yet again I will publicly apologise if if I have a redeeming uh, feature, it is that I'm unafraid to say when I have behaved badly or appallingly. I will accept uh, all the guilt that comes my way and I will recognise what I've done and I will apologise and I will mean uh, mean it. And uh, I'm very fortunate that people generally over the years have forgiven me my excesses. Equally, I'm a very forgiving person. Uh, a, apart from one single person, I've never harboured a grudge uh, about anybody apart from one single person i've never hated anybody um you know so 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 it goes so there we are anyway we um we're invited to play at um stonehenge festival and on the same night we're also offered a gig at the squat in manchester and we decide to play the Manchester gig rather than travel to Stonehenge, which proves, uh, proves to be a wise choice because it's a Stonehenge festival that um, my nemesis is the bikers uh, destroy quite spectacularly while the police look on. They terrorise anybody who is not a biker, uh, riding over the tents, beating people up, raping women. Uh, they're horrible bikers as a scum generally um and and so we found ourselves at the squat and we played um and um 
to my surprise, the fall had turned up uh, en masse. All of the fall were there to watch us. And as we finished, um, Mark Smith came over and congratulated us, said we, we were really good, uh, that Grant Showbiz had told him how good we were, and would we care to play some dates with the fall? Um, so after a bit of uh, joking and telling him we tried to fit them in, um, we agreed and, and uh, an alliance there was formed and some lifelong friendships uh, were, were formed uh, as, along the way. So we got to play a lot of gigs with the fall, which changed people's perception of us. All of a sudden we were being taken very seriously. Um, and there was a lot of resentment from uh, bands around Manchester as well, who, you know, because they can't play, how can this happen? We're much better musicians. Um, and, and we were we were in a name uh, to conjure with all of a sudden. Um, it was it, it, it was good. Um, everything seemingly was going well. Um, and then Stephen got um, hepatitis. We'd all um, we'd all taken to um, having a having a bash at heroin through through the needle. Um, and for me, it was just a couple of times. But Bobby sort of chipped away very occasionally. But Stephen, um, as is his nature, um, was soon in in a full blown uh, addiction. And he got hepatitis, and uh, we we were invited to play in London with the Fall, a quite prestigious um, pair of gigs at the Acklam Hall um, at the bottom of Portobello Road. Um, so because Steve was ill, um, I spoke to Kay Carroll, who was the manager, and said, "Could we just play one of them, Kay?" And she said, "Yeah." So. Um, so off we go to to London. Um, it's we played and we and we played very well because there's, there was a sobriety about us with Steve's illness. And the next day, um, Grant Showbiz took us to Street Level Studio, where uh, we began work on what was to be uh, a Hamsters LP. Uh, that he was going to issue on his uh, on his record label, Fuck Off Records. Um, so Street Level was uh, a bit of an eye opener. Um, it was a squalid little place. Uh, certainly had certainly had atmosphere. Um, anyway, we'd never been in a studio before, and we were just absolutely thrilled to do that. Um, so we didn't start the LP proper as such. What what Grant wanted us to do was go in the the recording room altogether and simply play our set so that he'd got them to refer to when we got um, recording properly. Um, so we did that and um, we came home with uh, these cassettes of, of what we actually sounded like um, and Everything in the garden seemed rosy. We'll just have to wait for Stephen to get a little better and, and 
kick on and start recording the LP properly, we'd, we were getting uh, offers of gigs out of town on our own back, not as supporting anybody. We were perceived as being, you know, a good enough draw for people to offer us gigs. But as I've said, there was this underlying tension, mostly between Stephen and I, um, and um, we we played a gig on New Year's Eve, um, and at the Cypress Tavern, and Stephen um, turned up, but was in no fit state to play because he was still ill, and as his New Year's treat, he'd um, he'd taken a lot of speed, which which rendered him uh, useless rendered him terribly ill um, so paul hanley from the fall filled in on on the drums and we played the gig and we saw out the year in that way limped out of the year and that proved to be the last uh hamsters gig of you know of of, of that uh of that time because two weeks into the new year um we were rehearsing Stephen had taken it upon himself to sack John uh, without any consultation which didn't please me uh, at all and also um, out of circumstances Stephen and Bob were unemployed and I was I was employed at the time and uh, they'd simply started writing songs together and were fetching them as complete pieces which meant that I had no input um that would have been fine if the songs had been really good i couldn't have argued unfortunately i didn't think they were um and so we rehearsed for the first time since the um cypress tavern fiasco and halfway through i just thought i don't want to do this anymore and so at the end of the rehearsal i told them you know i've, I've left the band um I think they thought that would blow over in a couple of days, but um, I tend to be stick to my word. And that was the end of the hamsters. So um, that's where I'm going to leave this episode. I know it's been rambling and there's so much more I could tell you. I could tell you about John Peel describing us as uh, too dark for the BBC's playlist and condemning us to... Um, to a, a radio blackout along with a T-Rex and Shockhead Peters and a very small number of uh, bands who, who Peel disapproved of. Uh, I could tell you about uh, an alleged altercation with Joy Division that didn't really happen, but something happened that, that would amuse you. Um, I could tell you all sorts of things but it doesn't matter. The Hamsters had been together for uh, around 18 months and now it was irreparably broken and that was the end of it. And we were going into a new era. And I suppose what signified this era more than anything was that a new magazine was launched called The Face, designed largely by Neville Brodie. And it was bright and it was brash and it uh, was pretentious and it approached um, music and fashion in a different way than we'd seen before. And uh, the fall, Mark Smith wrote a song about it 
called New Face in Hell. And uh, I'll leave you with the fall, uh, who had been such great allies to the hamsters. And this is New Face in Hell. Good night. Bye-bye from me. Bye-bye from Phil. Bye-bye to Helen. As I've said before, stay safe. We love you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Well, that was really good. I really enjoyed that song. Right, thank you very much, Ian, for sharing all that wonderful information about the hamsters with us. And uh, we we want you to share, right? We want you to share the the links that we put out. Share it with your friends. Share it with anybody you think might enjoy it. We want to get a bit more out there. We want to push it. So, www.flowingbackwards.co.uk and Flow Backwards on Facebook. Do it. So, next episode will be the final part of Steps and Missteps. So, tune in. Have a listen to it. Enjoy. Thank you very much again for listening. From me, Phil Peake, and from from that man in Mosley, Ian. Four Candles Moss. Well, we also hope that you are all staying safe. You are all still with us and looking after yourselves. Because it's a bit of a rough time at the moment. People haven't got money. People are getting bored and fractious. I don't know. What was it going to come to at the end of it? Another three weeks. Oh, my God. Right. See you, folks.